0: Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your team. On today's episode, Mark Gregston sits down for a conversation with a couple of Heartlight's teens. For the past two decades, Heartlight has become the country's premier residential counseling center and boarding school for struggling teens. Founded in 1998 by Mark Gregston and his wife, Jan, Heartlight is a program that not only modifies behavior, but one that seeks to offer a unique, transformative journey through a relational experience that offers counseling, small group therapy, academics, and activities. We hope you find encouragement as you listen to these stories today.
1: Hey Manny, thanks for being a part of the program. Tell me a little bit about yourself. How did how did a good looking guy like you end up in East Texas at a place called Heartlight?
2: Um, well, I had a few family issues back home and started experimenting with drugs and other stuff, you know, just getting a little bit rebellious and wanting to try new stuff. Yeah. Um, my parents got really restrictive. And as that went on, like, I sort of tried to get away from them and try to be my own person. And then things just spiraled out of control, just punishment after punishment from my parents and then, like, me being more rebellious and more and more. So,
1: What do you think you were fighting against your parents? I mean, the common theme that I hear from just about everybody that we talk to doing this radio thing, kids-wise they say, my parents are restrictive. Um, I wanted to try some things. I got curious, you know, what was it that you were pushing against, against mom and dad?
2: Um, I don't know. I'd I'd mostly say like, I'd probably pushing, um, the fact like I wanted to be like the winner, I guess. And like, Just by, like, not listening to them kind of made me feel like I was winning, even though it really wasn't because things just got tougher.
1: Did you feel like it was a fight all the time?
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: For your freedom or?
2: It was for my freedom and sort of just, like, wanting to, like, my parents just not always to be on my tail and, like, just, like, let me live my own life. And, like, even after being here for, like, five, six months, it's still, like, a struggle, like, talking on the phone with them they're just very controlling still and it's kind of tough. Why do you think that is?
1: Why do you think parents are controlling? I guess that would be the question.
2: Um I think big reason is that I've lost a lot of trust between them um between like my parents and I and um it's just like after that it's just been a struggle but like I feel like a lot of it could have been solved if I just had like better communication skills and communicated with them and Like, just didn't fight with them over unneeded stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Do you think that, that parents are scared of this culture a little bit?
2: Yeah, for sure. They're definitely confused and they really just, like, don't understand, like, what I'm going through and, like, why I do the stuff that I do and don't really ask why. They just focus on, like, punishing me rather than asking the question, why is he doing this or... Like they just like keep on putting punishments and I think they really should just ask why is he doing this?
1: Thinking that the punishment's gonna correct you. Exactly. And and make sure that everything's okay. But but okay, so let me ask you why. Why why do you think your motivation was as strong as it was?
2: Um, I'd say like honestly, I just was tired of it. Like tired of just like them getting more and more restrictive over like the little things. So
1: as you were getting older, they were becoming more restrictive than less restrictive and letting you control your own life.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Um I don't really know how to word this, but if I feel like if we could have just talked talked about it and like they actually just like didn't just weren't afraid of like the stuff that they didn't know and tried to actually understand it then There would be a lot less conflict. Yeah, And, like, same on my part. Like, I was definitely more closed-minded about things, like, that they wanted to do. Like, going to church and doing activities, like, together and always going places and doing stuff as a family. I just have a really big family. Yeah. Just always doing stuff together. Just, like, just want to be my own person. I don't want to always have to go shopping with mommy and daddy and doing stuff like that. Always being... Whatever and them controlling every aspect of my life, you know. Are you the
1: oldest in your family? I'm the youngest. The youngest, exactly. Yeah. You would think they would lighten up a little bit as the time passed.
2: Yeah, um, I was like, I think a big part of this is like, I was adopted whenever I was three, and like, I feel sort of like, like that doesn't change anything for me. Like my mm-hmm. parents, I love them. I don't want to know my biological parents. Like, I won't want to go back to them whenever I'm 18. Like, I don't really care about them at all. But my parents now, like, they're everything I have. I I still love them even though we disagree on a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. I know they'll always be there for me. You think they love you? For sure. They definitely show a lot of care. Like, especially not giving up on me and sending me to this place. Yeah. Like, I know it's not the best thing, but like not the best thing to like want to be here but it's definitely like something that I need and I need to get through this it's definitely helping me a little bit
1: yeah okay so why do you need to get through it
2: um i just know <laughs> it's unhealthy
1: <laughs> to continue to do what you're doing yeah 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 so you learn now rather than learning later yeah you know kind of thing okay so what so what have you learned the most since you've been at heartline
2: um, I for sure learn like, to have, like, patience and, like, not let the little things get to me and to, like, not be lazy. That's, like, the dumbest thing ever. Like, just being lazy and, like, just taking, like, instead of throwing away, like, all the little opportunities, just, like, taking them in and just enjoying them and not always complaining and being negative. Yeah. And just, like, soaking the good.
1: Okay, what about counseling? Does that work? Does that work for you?
2: Um, it definitely is working. It's definitely, it's getting somewhere. At the beginning, when I first started, I wasn't sure where it was going. But yeah. it's definitely like it's doing a lot better. I kind of wish it was like a little bit more often, but it's definitely like it's definitely helped me. If it wasn't there, it would be like a struggle a lot but, more. But
1: but if you yeah, if you want it to happen more often, then you must be getting something out of it.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, that's it's kind of cool. Helping me discover new things and thinking about things that I never would have thought of. Well,
1: that's the purpose of it. So that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Okay, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Do you look that far ahead?
2: Um, honestly, <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm probably going to have a job in computer uh, programming or uh, IT work or anything in that field. Um, just really good with electronics and yeah stuff like that
1: well, so. cool, 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 well, look, man, thanks for being a part of the program you know i, I think there's probably a a ton of parents are out there going, Wait a minute, that's my son that Mark's talking to because I think a lot of kids are going through the same thing that you've gone through. It's just trying to trying to find themselves in the midst of the of sometimes the chaos but in the midst of trying to do this family thing and so I appreciate you you sharing your heart.
2: Thank you.
0: Over the years, Mark Gregston's one-liners and devotional insights have been a source of encouragement, amusement, and inspiration for people all over the world. Now, The very best of these quotations have been collected into not one, not two, but three beautifully designed coffee table books that can be given as gifts, placed in a doctor's office, or placed in your own living room. Whether you're looking for wit, wisdom, encouragement, or even a challenge to dig deeper into the vital role of parents, all three volumes of Stepping Stones will deliver. Each beautifully bound hardback of Stepping Stones is $7.99 or you can get all three for $19.99. Visit ParentingTeenResources.org to get all three volumes of Stepping Stones today.
1: And, Alicia, thank you for being a part of the program. I, You know, I'm always interested to see somebody that is as vibrant as you talk about what's going on in your life, and and you ended up at Hardlight for some reason, and I and I don't know why, <laughs> but why are you here?
3: <laughs> um, a lot of reasons. I think people always ask me why I'm here, and I'm always like, uh, I'm kind of a mixture of everything. Wow. Uh, well, I think growing up, I never really lived in a stable home. I moved around a lot. My dad was never home. My parents got divorced when I was seven, and then. Remarried when I was, like, nine. and They
1: remarried each other? mm mm-hmm, wow. They remarried
3: each other. And since then, they've been, like, separated probably every year. And then they get back together and separated but never wanted to get divorced again. And they kept mm. having kids. And it was just kind of a mess. And we kept moving around throughout all that. So I just, like, got really depressed. And I was just anxious all the time and started doing drugs and drinking, a little bit of self-harm, just, like, everything I could to just, like, make myself feel better. And I ended up going to boarding school in New York, in Long Island. Um, I went there for a year and a half, and I ended up not boarding for a semester because my mom said, dad's not going to be here because I'm not close to my dad at all. And she said, you know, dad's not going to be here. Come home. Uh, It's just going to be us and the kids, and it'll be good. So I was like, all right, I'll be a day student. So I went back. My dad ended up moving in two weeks later, (laughs) and I just got like really depressed. Like things were just terrible. And I got into like a ton of drugs, like stuff that I wasn't into before. And I ended up overdosing and I was in the ICU for five days. I couldn't really walk. And so after that, my parents were like, you're going to a program. And I was like, no, I'm not. It's not happening. So that summer I was just like, I was supposed to be sober, but I wasn't. I was on drugs the whole summer. They didn't really know until the end. And I was in a really unhealthy relationship. And that ended, and then everything just started going downhill. And then got transported here October 11th of 2016.
1: Transported. So like an escort, somebody came and escorted you here.
3: 5 a.m. Why? Mm -hmm. Because
1: you were so bad that you were going to run away or fight him or because why?
3: Because I wouldn't come willingly. They tried to bribe me, but
1: wasn't going to happen.
3: Wasn't going to happen.
1: Okay, so okay, let me let me back up. Cuz you made a comment, I was doing everything I could to feel better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, self-harm. How d- just for the for our listeners, how does self-harm when you either cut on yourself or burn yourself or how does that make you feel better?
3: I just felt so numb and just like so not alive almost and it was just like to feel something. It's hmm. kind of like being high. It gives you a different feeling.
1: Okay, so you, wh- when you go back and you look at where all those feelings are coming from, do you place it on moving around a lot and mom and dad getting divorced of the unstableness of your home?
3: I, honestly, I put it a lot on my relationship with my dad. It was just always really rough. I never felt like loved or accepted by him. Would he say that? Mm-hmm.
1: So if I had asked him the question, hey, where do you think a lot of your daughter's problems have come from, he'd say...
3: He would say probably me at this point. Yeah. Know?
1: Well, has that been hard for him to accept?
3: Oh, yeah. He gets sad about it. He doesn't like to talk about it. We don't talk about it anymore just because it makes him kind of like there's nothing he can do to change it. He tries. Well, there's something
1: job. you can do to change to engage in your life now mm-hmm. where he hasn't been there before. You mm-hmm. know, maybe that realization would kind of kick him in a little bit.
3: Mm-hmm. And I think it has. Like he does a better, I have four younger siblings and my oldest brother is 16. Mm. So he's kind of like already not so great with him. But with my three younger siblings, he's closer to them yeah. and they love him. Yeah. And he's nice to them, spends time with them. Like when I grew up, he spent no time with me. Well, like I have zero memories of us together. And so the fact that he's, like, around them and with them, I think, is a change.
1: Kind of a good thing. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Let me ask you this. What do you think is the biggest challenge that kids your age face?
3: Being accepted. Just, like, feeling Mm. loved and accepted and wanted and, like, good enough. I would say that's, like, the main struggle for everyone I know.
1: So how how does that happen with Instagram and Snapchat and you know some of the old ones facebook and mm-hmm. but i mean how does how do you find that in those mediums
3: mm-hmm. make yourself look good make yourself look pretty you edit your pictures add some filters or you post stuff at parties to show you have a lot of friends stuff like that
1: okay so do you realize that how fake that becomes eventually where you kind of go it's kind of oh, weird
3: yeah. majority of social media is pretty fake i'd say it's like the motives behind it are kind of messed up. but.
1: You think that brings about anxiety or, or causes most people to get depressed or what?
3: Um, I think, see, like I remember when I was at home and I like had a phone and stuff and social media, sometimes like if I had an ex-boyfriend and I saw that he like posted something, I'd get upset. I'd mm-hmm. be like, wow, he's doing all this and I'm like here sitting at home right now. And it kind of like you compare your lives to like other people's lives, even though it's like not completely accurate. And like that made me upset. Yeah. Like felt like I wasn't good enough or...
1: Well, I compare my life to everybody else on Facebook because when I get on Facebook, it seems like everybody else is on a vacation but me. Do you ever notice that? Everybody's yeah. always playing and having a good time and I'm going, I'm working my tail off to mm-hmm. do things, but everybody else is... And, and you start to think, okay, that's not fair. Then you go, well, I am it's not, it's not fair for me not to take off more. Maybe I need to take off more time. Maybe I need to, and I'm going, what I'm doing is comparing my life to everybody else's. And I think when you do that, when everybody makes it look perfect and good and wonderful, you always come out on the short end of the stick, you know, and I, so you're always somewhat defeated that you just couldn't measure up to be what you're supposed to be.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: You ever deal with that?
3: Yeah, for sure. I think my mom struggles with that a little bit. Really? And I love my mom, but her Facebook posts are so annoying sometimes because even, like, being at Heartlight, she'll post, like, fun weekend and visiting Annalisa, and it's, like, makes it look like a vacation. Like, you see all the horses, and it's, like, it's nice and stuff, but it's, like, mom, it's not a vacation. Yeah, (laughs) Like, we're not here to party, you know? And so sometimes it's a little, like...
1: Over the top.
3: Over the top. And I think that people portray themselves in the ways they want to be portrayed rather than what it actually is.
1: Okay, let me ask you this. What do you long for from your family more than anything else?
3: I think that I want to be accepted and I want to be respected. And I wanna be someone that they use in as like a positive example. Hmm. Like I want them to view me as a good role model for like my siblings or like for other people. I don't wanna be like used as a negative example of what you don't want to be. Yeah.
1: It's interesting that it's not I wanna be loved, I wanna I wanna have a calm home. I you know any of those come in there?
3: Yeah, for sure. I think loved is definitely a huge part too. But I think if your parents respect you and for me, like if my parents my parents are very protective over, like, the little ones just because they're trying to raise them in a better way. Yeah. So for them to say, like, you're a good role model, I trust you, is just, like, a huge thing for me. Yeah. Just because I've messed yeah. up so much in the past, it would kind of, like, show that they loved me, yeah. I guess, is the way I
1: view yeah. it. Oh, well, cool, cool. Well, I, I am so proud of you. I mean, I mean, I just, I look at all of it, I'm, and everybody here is so proud of you, just the growth that we've all seen and... Well, keep doing well. We're proud of you.
3: Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.